0: Welcome to Adoption Now, sharing real stories of the joys and challenges of adoption. Now, here's the host of Adoption Now, April Fallon. Hi, welcome to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. We are really excited about this show. Today, I have a special guest. He's my husband, Noah. Noah, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. So we decided to start the show because Noah and I have said yes to six babies in five years. We finalized on three, so that means we've had three failed adoptions, which we don't love to say failed, but it's uh, incomplete. Is that a better way to say it? Three incomplete adoptions. And through all of this experience, we... Um, realized that adoption was a journey and it's not always been easy but we have definitely seen God's hand through it and together we decided to talk about our experience and to start a show that talked about adoption by telling other people's adoption stories as well as our own and we want to connect families to information and support so we're going to start by answering the question we always get and that is why adoption. Why did Noah and April choose adoption? Noah, do you want to start with that?
1: Sure. We started, I think, a little bit differently than many families. When we first got together, we both really had a deep calling uh, in our heart to adopt first to start our family. And so I grew up with two adopted siblings. April, I know that you spent three years working in orphanages in Africa. And so that's something that we always really had a deep passion about is to adopt And through that to grow our family.
0: We had no idea that it really is. And I I use the word journey because it's ups and it's downs. And, you know, you have great joy and great sorrow. And the moment you get to finalize, it's amazing. But if you've had an experience where you've had a loss, you uh, it's just can be very devastating. And we've experienced both and um, we what we didn't know when we got involved is how much money it was going to be the home studies that you have to have and that you have social workers in your house a lot and they are uh, monitoring everything you're doing while you're bringing a new baby home or a child home we didn't realize how much we'd be dealing with birth moms and every story is different Um, we have so many stories on on dealing with the birth moms and jumping into their lives with them and and that means the good the bad and the ugly I mean we've seen everything and um, you know we have just shared our stories with so many different people and other people who have gone through adoptions have said oh I connect with that you know or or I didn't know that other people were going through that as well and so we just want to really reach out to families and have them on the show and really learn from their experiences as well
1: And I think, like you said, we do understand that every story is different and that there are some things that are just really hard to talk about when it comes to adoption. But that's why we wanted to do this show is we really want to talk about it and have a place to be encouraging and open and honest.
0: One of the things that we uh, always tell people when they say, well, I'm about to start the process. Do you have any advice? We always say, both of you, if it's a married couple, Um, you need to be in it to win it Yes, because it can get really, really rough. And if one spouse has talked the other spouse into it, then you're just dragging this person along. And when you see money flying out the door, when you have uh, birth moms that are changing their mind, or you've lost the child, or you find out the child is sick, I mean, there's just so many things that you have to be in it together. And if you really really wanna bring a child home, then you can be in unity the whole time.
1: Yeah, I think that's really key. And seeing how in our journey, in our stories, it's really bonded us together as a family and really helped us stay unified because we both did go into it, not trying to convince the other or dragging, you know the other person into this, but really this was the call that we knew that God had put on our hearts.
0: One of the things that we learned as well is, it's not only about bringing home the child, it's a spiritual work. You are stepping in for this child, for this baby, and you are changing their destiny. You're trying, you're praying, and you're hoping to change their destiny to bring them into a loving family um, from what could be a really devastating scenario for the, for the child. And so when you step into that, a lot of prayer has to go into it. And that's one thing that we learned is that it's a battle,
1: It really is. And I think that's something I personally don't think I was really prepared for up front, um, is understanding how much, you know, we we hear about in the Bible all the time, we are adopted as Christians into the family of God. And so getting to see that firsthand in our experience, I think was really powerful for me. And it really helped our, our growth as Christians and just in my own personal life, really revealed to me a lot of truth about who God is in a way that's so powerful to not just our own children, but our relationship with our heavenly father.
0: And you think about, you know, the plan that the enemy has is for destruction for all of us. And so when you're talking about a child, he has a plan for that child. And so when you're stepping in an adoption and you're saying, no, it's going to, we're going to fight to change this plan, it's, and I don't even like to say this, but it's like all hell breaks loose. Yes.
1: It's a huge spiritual battle that you walk into. And I think that's a, a key really in one of the things we want to share in our journey is if you go into it with the expectation or just knowing upfront that you're going into a battlefield, um, I think that helps so much. It's such a tremendous uh, understanding to be able to walk into this going, hey, we're not just walking into a physical battle, which it can also be a physical battle. It can be, you know, like you said, money. Um, you can deal with, Bad adoption agencies, bad attorneys. There's so many different things that are non spiritual, but I think at a deeper level, a really spiritual battle or spiritual warfare that up front you won't even really recognize.
0: What we really want to see come from this show is that we are unifying families together to help other families get through that. Because when you are dealing with an adoption alone, sometimes that's exactly what you feel is alone. And everyone around you is like we're so excited you're bringing home this baby and they have no idea what you're going through and i've even had people say to me uh well at least you didn't have to carry a baby and though i've never carried a baby i will say that my body was physically exhausted we have adopted children from colorado and we have adopted children from florida so that takes a lot of travel and uh, actually a lot of investigation on knowing the law and what our rights are as adoptive parents. Sometimes your agency will tell you one thing, but um, when you actually dig up and do your own research, you find out a different story. And so just being able to um, have the guts to go out there and kind of say, hey, we're going to fight not only for this child, but for our rights as adoptive parents can be a a challenge as well. Don't you think, Noah?
1: Yeah, I do. I think that that's something that isn't really talked about as much as it should be. And then like you said, one of the things that we really want to do with the show is create a platform where people can come and connect and feel supported because there are so many of these unanswered questions. And like we had said earlier, we understand every story is different. So it's not like we're coming into this saying We have it all figured out. We really just want a place to help people grow, to understand, to connect, to really um, just feel supported in their adoption journeys.
0: And to get the information that you need. You know, yes. if when we were working with a lawyer, so when we went to Florida, you have to hire an agency here and then you can hire a lawyer or agency in Florida. And so sometimes crossing those lines, you get different stories from different people because it's a, it's a different law in different states. And so really trying to figure out how do I manage to get through this and how do I uh, fight for the right for the child?
1: Yes, there's so many different, even understandings of how the law is written. And we've even come across friends or um, acquaintances that have started their adoption journeys and what they tell us is so different than what we've even experienced because the laws are interpreted differently or certain states have certain timeframes that birth parents can come back. It's just a very, very broad um, set of information. I mean, there's so much to really know and understand that I think is missing. And that's something we also wanna help with.
0: I agree. We are really excited to tell our adoption stories. Uh, we do have six of them. And everyone has changed us so radically, really, from the inside out. I think I always say this, that adoption changed my life, that I went into it to become a parent. And at the end of it, I knew God more.
1: And I think like most men, I went into it thinking I'm going to rescue and save and... Uh, it turns out that I was the one who needed more rescuing than anyone. And it's it's incredible, the blessing. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, these children are just so blessed to have you. And I think, no, no, no. <laughs> We're so blessed to have them. And that's something that I don't think people really can grasp unless you've gone through this story.
0: I agree. I, I also feel um, it's going to be hard for us to talk about. We're going to get emotional because yes. when your heart is involved in adoption, when you God has given that to you, and you have to be obedient to it. I mean, you just can't run away from it, and you begin to give in to that calling. It is amazing, not only what you learn, but how your family can change other people. That It's just so eye-opening for our family when we go different places. I mean, we're at restaurants, and people will stop us and just say, your kids act like you, and I mean, it's clear that we have adopted children because— we are uh, Caucasian and our children are all ethnicities. So they know that they're not birth children, but they say, oh, they act like you, or they they just become like you. And what we've learned is that's exactly what God wanted. Mm -hmm. That's because that's what I want people to see when they see me is April acts like more like God, because even though I am adopted into the family, I can learn his behaviors. I can become like him and I can really be a daughter. And so if you're thinking, I really want to start the adoption process, but I don't know if uh, the, the child will be okay in my family. I just want to encourage you to say that if it's meant to be, that child will fit into your family. You will learn more. You will do anything you can. It will be as though it's your birth child.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, and it doesn't even have to be in the beginning of the process. I think that's we really want to make this throughout the whole process. So wherever you're at in your journey, whether it's, just starting to discuss this as a couple talking about the adoption story and if that's how you want to grow your family or even at the end of it after adoption is final and you're still dealing with some of the the issues that may come up whether it's attachment issues or um, just trying to fit into the family and, and you know having sibling rivalry all of that kind of stuff we understand and we have experienced a lot of it ourselves and also have friends and family who have experienced it as well.
0: One of the things that Even currently right now, I have a question about, and so it's a journey for us too, is so we're finalized and I still have the birth mother texting me. And uh, even though we had agreed to an open adoption, I just had no idea that we would be texting each other on a daily basis. And so that can be really hard. And so I've had to reach out to my other adoptive friends and say, what do you do in this situation? Do you continue to stay close to her? Or do you break it off? I mean, all of those things are issues. And maybe that's a place that you're in right now is, you know, you love this birth mom, but there's got to be a boundary and you're not sure how to set it.
1: I always joke around about how, you know, we go into this adopting a child and by the time it's finished, you've really adopted especially the birth mothers, but sometimes even the birth fathers. It's, it's just incredible how much involvement there is, um, especially in the state of Colorado where it is open, right? Adoption is open. And so we're going to just be excited to talk about that kind of experience and bring in guests who have had that experience as well.
0: When we come back, we are going to talk about our first adoption and how we finished our home study and the whole process up into bringing that baby home. Right now, you're listening to Adoption Now, and I'm your host, April Fallon.
1: Bomar is listening to the mighty 670 KLTT, Denver. God has the answer for our uncertainty. You say,
0: I can't manage.
1: God says, I will will supply supply all your needs. Philippians 4, verse 19. God delivers. This is the Crawford Broadcasting Company.
0: Faith and Family Radio, KLT, Denver. Welcome back to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon, and today we have Noah on the show. Noah, thanks for being here.
1: Thanks again for having me.
0: I love hearing your voice on the radio. Really? Yes, you have a great voice. So we're talking about our experience with adoption and how our plan from the beginning was to adopt children. That's what we felt like we were called to. And so three years into our marriage, we went to Africa, and then we came back and decided it was time to pursue that dream. Yes. We were really excited and we decided to interview some agencies. Now, I say interview because sometimes people feel like the first people that you sit down with, that's the one you have to go with. And that's not necessarily the case. You have to interview them and connect with them. Because if you don't like the social worker when you first meet them, I can probably guarantee it's going to be a rough road when things get really crazy in the adoption process. And so you have to sit down and really connect and know that the person is going to support you and be there for you.
1: Absolutely. I think that's something that we learned pretty quickly. We had interviewed a couple of different adoption agencies and and that communication is so key, especially as you go into the journey of, of adoption.
0: So we connected with our social workers. We were really excited and we did our home study. Home studies take about six weeks. People often ask us, you know, what does that mean? How long does it take? And what are they going to ask you? They want to know, you know, what your finances are like. They want to know what your marriage is like. They want to know, is your house safe? Now, don't worry. You don't have to have all your ducks in a row when it comes to your house because we lived in an apartment.
1: (laughs) We had no preparation. We were really nervous. We thought, oh, my goodness after going through this, there's no way.
0: We had student loans and I thought, oh, they're not gonna let us adopt because we have student loans, we have debt. But none of that was the case. They just wanna make sure the baby has a room. So we did have a two bedroom apartment and that's what they're gonna look for. Is the baby going to have space and can prove to the state that they're in a safe environment? So after we finished that, we were super excited. Now you can tell your agency what you would say yes to and what you would say no to. So we did start and say, we don't want, uh, we don't feel comfortable with special needs right now or a drug um, exposed baby.
1: Right. We just thought we want the perfect baby.
0: Right. Which is funny because in our journey, we did say yes to everything we had originally said no to. But this one, we just wanted to, you know, have the stork drop the baby and everything's perfect. Of course. So we did tell them we had uh, just really felt like God had given us a vision of an African American boy, baby boy. And they laughed and they're like, well, you'll probably wait about three years.
1: Which was fine at the time because we thought that gives us plenty of time now to get prepared and... We can go do, you know, what we wanted to do and go travel the world.
0: Two weeks later, we get a phone call.
1: Two weeks.
0: Baby boy is in the hospital. Will you come and um, get him? We're like, yes, yes. I remember calling Noah and saying, there's a baby boy. We have to go right now.
1: Which is funny because you can even ask our agency. If you were to talk to them, they'd tell you that the conversation they had with April was actually pretty serious in nature because of some of the complications at birth um, that, that the doctors had told the agency and then that the agency had told April. But all April heard was, there's a baby boy. Will you go get him?
0: So we went to the hospital right away, and we met him. We loved him from the moment we saw him. And we left the hospital. They said, you can come and pick the baby up tomorrow. We left the hospital, and we were driving to Walmart. We get to Walmart. We're throwing everything in the car. I'm like... Noah, what is
1: this? We had no idea. Anything that was in the baby aisle was in our cart. He's like,
0: it's for a baby. Throw it in the cart. So we were buying all this baby stuff. We borrowed a car seat from our friend, and we went to pick up our baby. When we got there, the mood was very intense.
1: Very intense. The doctors and the nurses sat us down and basically started to explain exactly what that possible medical condition was.
0: And he was what they saw is that he was missing part of his brain and that part of the brain is formational. So if you don't have your septum, then what happens is number one, you could be stillborn, the baby could be stillborn, or the brain will grow together. So basically they told us, we don't think that this baby can see, hear, he'll never walk, and we don't think he'll talk.
1: That was a very, very serious mood. And I think they questioned if we were going to continue the, the process.
0: The nurses we heard later were talking in the back and they were so nervous that we were, we were not going to take them home. But we listened to what they said and I said to the social worker for the state and to the pediatrician, should we have hope? And the social worker kind of looked at me like, mm, no, but the doctor said, you should always keep hope. Yep. And we took our baby home and prayed like we've never prayed before. I mean, we were fasting and we were crying out to God and just saying, please do a miracle for this baby.
1: Yeah. And so a couple days later. uh, It was about a week later. We went to go
0: in for the MRI and they confirmed, yes, he is missing his septum.
1: Uh, At that time, I had actually had a dream of this little boy in Coke bottle glasses playing baseball and through all the prayer and then having that dream, I just felt convinced like this is what God is calling us to and that this little boy was gonna be okay.
0: I remember feeling so overwhelmed as a mom. It seemed like Noah had peace and my mom and our family had peace, but I just didn't have any peace. And I was praying in the hospital. We were gonna go do a couple more tests at Children's Hospital and I was just praying to God that something would happen or that he would just speak to me and let me know that we were gonna make it through. And he said to me, I really felt in my heart that he said, you spent three years in Uganda and you took care of so many children that were not yours, but this one is yours and I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to take care of him. And I did not know the outcome, but I knew at that moment, God was in this and this is what we were called to. So if he was going to be a vegetable, then let's go pick out some wheelchairs because this is our son.
1: Yes. And we, we named him. Andrew Josiah and Andrew means
0: strong man. That's
1: right. And Josiah means warrior. The no, Lord will help. Yeah. And and we just felt like God had really even given us a name for him because of what he was going to fight through and overcome.
0: And I think it's important that we name our children. You, every time you say that name, you're declaring something over them. So every time we were calling him Andrew, saying you're a strong man, Andrew Josiah, the Lord will help you. And we just felt in our faith really strong. God was going to do something amazing. We went back. We got more testing for his eyes. And the doctor said, his eyes are fine. Why are you here? And we said, well, read the notes. So she looked at the computer and she said, oh, my goodness, you need to go to your pediatrician right now. So we didn't know what that meant. But we went to the pediatrician and she said, I am not an emotional person. But I just want to tell you, when I looked at these results, I screamed. And she said, your little boy's brain is perfect. We don't know how it happened. We can't explain it, but we think he's going to be fine.
1: Yeah. And his eyes, his nerves had crossed. His hearing, which he had failed earlier, he passed. uh, All the blood tests, all the different testing they had done, everything came back completely normal.
0: And he rolled over it two weeks.
1: And to this day continues to impress us.
0: He's amazing. And the the pediatrician said to me, I'll never forget. She said, you showed up at the hospital and you took this baby home with no answers and you had hope when no one else did. And to me, that is so admirable.
1: It, it was incredible because we have this question that comes up a lot. You know, how can you love a child that's not biological? And it, I think for me, it was just one of those things where. You see the way that God works and you see how adoption is such an incredible story. And for me, my son, AJ, is at times a reflection of me, at times a reflection of April. And he is just as a biological child.
0: He is, and it reminds us of God's adoption for us. I mean, the whole purpose of this show is to connect families together and for support. But we also want to see adoption remain that pure plan that God had. And that is for us to be adopted to him. And when we are letting him in our hearts and, you know, his heart is in ours and vice versa, God changes you. You become like your father. And that's how we feel with our kids is when we bring them home and we open our hearts and we fight for them no matter what. And we keep loving and we keep giving and we keep trying to get them connected to us. You know, we didn't have nine months in the womb with them in our, you know, in our bellies as moms, we didn't have that time. And sometimes it can be only nine months. Sometimes it can be years we didn't have with them. So we are working for that attachment. And when it happens and they begin to be like you, it's amazing. And God does a miraculous work.
1: It's really incredible. I mean, I see AJ so competitive at times, and that's something that I am very competitive. And so seeing that in him is really an honor. And sometimes I'll see him just act out in complete hilariousness, which April is just funny, goofy, loves to have fun and laugh. And AJ has that at at times where, man, if you were around him and you were around us and you knew who we were, he is our child. There is no doubt.
0: It's so true. And my mom will even say, and I remember this son is African-American and we are Caucasian. And my mom will say, he looks like you, April. His smile and just the way he is, he looks like you. And, you know, every story is different. This one is our story. And we tell it so proudly because not of what we did, but what God did through us. And I said this in the first part of the show, and I'll say it again. Adoption saved my life, completely changed me. This is the first story of six stories that we have. And every one was so a piece of God's heart we changed so differently, we fought so differently, and we um, three of them were success and three of them were disrupted. disrupted. But in every single child that we said yes, we saw God do something amazing. And so I just wanna encourage you, if you're thinking about doing adoption or you're in the middle of it, just keep going, keep fighting that fight for that child because in the end, God is in it. And sometimes you can't see him and you're frustrated maybe with your agency or you're getting a lot of different stories or you're, you're nervous. I mean, there's so many emotions that go into it and we get it, we totally get it.
1: Yes, we really think it's so important to share our story, our stories, just to help people. It's not a place where we want to try to give you advice. It's just a place to come and connect and share your story, share our stories and really become a support system and a help for people.
0: Join us next week when we talk about baby number two, our first time trying to adopt through the foster care system. And we'll talk about baby number three, our journey to Florida into the drug and prostitution world. Thanks for joining us, Noah.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: This has been Adoption Now, telling your adoption stories. I'm your host, April Fallon. Join us next Saturday at 9.30 a.m. on 670-KLTT. And check us out on the website, at adoption-now.com.